and welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. Harvest Church is based in sunny Durban, South Africa. We are a family of believers who are passionate about Jesus. We really hope this message inspires you today. What I, what I want to share with us this morning is... Um, the believer's PPE. Uh, what is PPE? It's personal protective equipment. And uh, see, the hospitals uh, don't have enough of it. And uh, doctors and nurses, they are full of PPE at this time with COVID. And uh, I want to remind us again, like I did last week, I want to remind us that you, you and I as believers, we have the believer's personal protective equipment. And uh, I'm going to be reading from Ephesians 6. And I'm going to be speaking about the, the whole armor of God. I want to remind us about the armor of God. And uh, the, the book of Ephesians, friends, to quickly just go through it, it has really been broken up into three parts. It's a three-part letter. And uh, the theologians have, have brought uh, the concept of the first couple of chapters where we sit or or, or wealth, where we're seated in heavenly places with Christ as sons, and we find our position in Jesus, we find out what we have in Christ, and who we are in Christ, and uh, I, I like to put it, it's, it's the wealth of the book, it's the wealth of us, and what we have in the kingdom, and uh, from chapter 4, we see it's explained as the walk, and uh, the walk is new creations, by the grace of God, uh, where we learn how to put off the old and put on the new, and we learn how to walk uh, as new creations by the grace of God, renewing our minds consistently. And then from chapter 6, it's, it's where we stand and where we find how to do our warfare in God. And uh, it's where we stand on in our inheritance. It's where we stand on our possession. It's where we stand on our position. It's where we stand on His promises. And we stand as heirs and co-heirs with Christ in how to bring his kingdom uh, to this earth as we are commanded to do. So it's either sit, walk, or stand, or wealth, walk, or warfare. And today, if you can go to the book of Ephesians in chapter 6, and I'm reading from the, the ESV, and uh, I want to read it to us. And then what we're going to do, friends, is we're going to go line upon line uh, as an encouragement and as a reminder of what we have in Christ to stand in the warfare and the war that we're a part of. So won't you open up your, your Bibles with me and let's go to Ephesians 6. From verses 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert 
with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me that words may be given me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, in chains that I, I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. You see, friends, when I see the doctors and nurses and, and sisters who are in the hospitals at this moment, friends, they will dare not see patients without their personal protective equipment their gear and their clothing. I've chatted to doctors and they tell me about the strict routine that they follow in putting on the gear, leaving no gaps, no openings and no loose ends from their head to the toe. And this is what I want to encourage us as believers. What about us believers? We have the very armor of God. Friends, it's not our armor. It's the armor of God. And friends, we are commanded to put it on. And this is what I want to do today. I just want to go line upon line, and I want to open up some things, but ultimately I want to give you the courage to say, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to make sure that I am ready for war. I've got my defense on, and I've got my offensive weapons on, and I'm going to be taught by the Lord how to use them. So let's go to verse 10. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. That word strong there, finally be strong, is the word be enabled in your strength. It's God wanting you to be enabled in your strength by him. That word Lord there means the one who is supreme in authority. In the strength, that word strength, kratos, means full dominion and full power. And the strength of his might, that word might means his ability or his grace or his enabling power. So let's read that scripture differently. It says, finally, be enabled in your strength in the one who is supreme in authority, who has full dominion and power and gives you his ability or grace to stand again. Friends, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might at this time. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, the schemes of the devil, the wiles of the devil, the devices of the devil. We need to put on this armor. It's God's armor to put on. Friends, it's been gifted to you and I. His armor has abilities that work on your behalf. What we need to do as we're getting trained, just put it on because in them are the abilities of God that is rooted in the gospel and what Jesus has given us. Friends, you and I can't be lazy. We can't be idle at this time. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, friends, we must be sober-minded. We must be vigilant and watchful because the adversary, the devil, the one who is against you, the prosecutor at this time, the devil prowls around like a lion seeking someone to devour. Friends, if you are armed in the armor of God, you will not be able to be found by him to be devoured. Friends, we need to get, the enemy wants to push us off our position by his wiles and his devices and, and he wants us to fall into unbelief through our circumstances and what's going on and, and, and everything that's going on. We have to keep the Lord so high and fixed and focused in our lives at this time. We cannot take our gaze off him and we need to be established in what he's given us to stand because he says stand. He says, friends, we have to stand our ground 
You see, the scriptures actually what it's saying to us is put on in your daily practice what is on already. You see, friends, in the spirit, you look like you are fully armed. But how we engage with that, how the, the world around us, how the enemy around us sees it, is when we engage in our mind. And, and coming to the end of the scripture, I'll show you how we can do that by praying in the spirit of God. But it is putting on in your daily practice. When the Bible says put off your old and put on the new, it's the same word. It's putting on in your mind what is already on. That armor is on. But what we do is we spend time with the Lord before we go out in our day. We sit and we recognize what he's already given us. So let's go to verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers, and over this present darkness, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now I want to start here. So friends, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. There's a spiritual realm that is against us, and that's why we need to put this armor on. That's how we wrestle. We're not wrestling against people. We're wrestling against what is behind people and what is in the atmosphere. But I want to start here. Jesus stripped Satan of all his authority. Matthew 28, 18, it says that. And the power of Satan that, that he uses against us now is deception and he wants to lead us into unbelief. Paul made it very clear that our warfare is not against people, but is against spiritual powers that operate behind the scenes through people. Therefore, we can't win spiritual battles with carnal weapons, friends. We must realize that who the real enemy is and fight with spiritual weapons that the Lord has given us. And, and in the scripture, actually what you see, and I'm not going to go into depth with it, but you see four ranks of Satan's hierarchy that are mentioned in this verse. And, and the, the one is rulers or principalities. Uh, they are the high rulers of Satan's hierarchy. And the Greek word here for principality uh, is arch, uh, where you get the word archangel from or referring to fallen archangels. One archangel that is mentioned in scripture is Michael, who's referred to in, in Daniel 10. You can go and read it up as being one of the chief rulers. So the angels of, of, of this type many times in scripture have seemed to be having ministry over the affairs of entire nations. And, and, but what I want to work through here, I don't want to work through all of those uh, concerning time. But what, what I do want to talk to us about is the spiritual wickedness in high places or spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Sometimes referred to as wicked spirits in the earth's atmosphere. And, and, and friends, this is most frequently what we engage with, where the enemy engages with us and what we have to deal with against him. The purpose of these spirits is to work against and destroy all that is of Jesus and all that is of Jesus in you. And uh, throughout scripture, you see that the enemy comes to blind people's minds. He comes to beguile us. He comes to mislead us. He comes to deceive people. He comes to tempt. He comes to buffet God's people. He attempts to corrupt and infiltrate the church of Jesus. But ultimately we see in, in John 10, 10, where Jesus says the enemy comes to steal, to kill and destroy, but Jesus has come to give us life and life in abundance. And what he does with that, he arms us to experience, express and take hold of what is ours resisting the enemy that he will flee from you. 
And, and there's some teachings out there, friends, that uh, say that the higher echelons of the devil's spiritual authority take more power to rebuke or remove. Friends, not true. Here's the reality. There's no demonic power, including the devil himself, that will not flee at the name of Jesus when faith is put in his name. We've got the blood of Jesus. We've got the name of Jesus. You see, friends, if you want to go and play in those realms, if you don't know who you are, you don't know whose you are, you don't know your authority, and you don't know what you've been armed with, it's not going to be a good place for you to go. But as a sons and daughters, knowing who we are, knowing whose we are, knowing the authority that we carry, and we know the defensive weapons that we have, and we know the offensive weapons that we have, we can stand our ground and we can resist not only standing, but then moving forward. Moving forward as a body, and as we'll see now with the shield, we lock shields together that there's no openings and we can take ground together. Let's go to verse 13. Therefore, therefore, you're not dealing with flesh and blood, we're not wrestling with flesh and blood against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, over spiritual forces of, of evil in the heavenly places. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Friends, not too much more in that verse. Take up the whole armor of God, not just part of it. Often all that we're doing as, as the believers are we're putting on the helmet of salvation and we were walking around with a helmet, but really we've, we've got no armor and nothing protecting ourselves because we're not taking the time to actually get dressed in Christ. Take up the whole armor of God, not just part of it, and stand. Wait for your instructions. Ephesians 4, uh, 6.14, it says, it says again, Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Fastened on the belt of truth. So the belt of truth. And you know, Jesus said this. He says, I am the truth. You see that in John 14, if you remember, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I am the truth. You see, the have the belt of truth on is to look to Jesus to lead the way to have your eyes focused on him. And that's why I started with that scripture today. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. You see, when our divine warrior king Jesus returns and claims his kingdom, he will be wearing the belt of truth. It's described in, in Isaiah, and go and see that in Isaiah 11, faithfulness is the girdle of his waist. Christ will have on his belt faithfulness and truthfulness. Faithful, he means I'm adherely, firmly devoted to you as a person, a cause, or an idea. I'm loyal to you. True means I'm steady, I'm reliable, and I'm genuine, and I'm true to my word. That's the belt. It's not only to keep our pants up, but it's to keep our sword in and it's attached. That belt's actually attached to the breastplate of righteousness. It's all one piece. Let's talk about the breastplate of righteousness. Friends, one of the most important doctrines that we need to know and understand is righteousness by faith. The breastplate of righteousness. What the breastplate was to the Roman soldier, righteousness is to the Christian soldier. In the spiritual realm, righteousness functions as a breastplate. In fact, the breastplate is righteousness. 
See, God's own righteousness that was imputed to us at salvation. It's the source of God himself. It's so important that we get established on who we are. See, God's kind of righteousness comes through your faith and your belief and your trust in Jesus. It's a gift and it got appropriated by Jesus. Righteousness, friends, gives you total acceptance before God through Jesus. This righteousness, which is a gift from God, produces practical righteousness. It helps you walk it out. The more you believe who you are, the more you're going to walk out who you are. And this is evident of those who have chosen to believe and you see maturity in their lives. The breastplate of righteousness. Verse 15, it says, And the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. That word readiness means to be prepared, the preparation. It means ultimately that word, the root word is foundation given by the gospel of peace. Friends, you and I, the gospel of peace is why we stand. The gospel of peace is the foundation that we do stand on. Those who have been justified by faith have peace with God. You see, God is at peace with you because of what Jesus accomplished at the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection. You see, friends, and after you have peace, you're a peace giver. But understanding that God is for you, that he's not against you, that God is at peace with you, reconciling the world back to himself, not counting your sins against you. He says, friends, then our feet can be ready to bring good news of the kingdom that is revealed in Jesus. But you know, friends, when you get dressed, we don't just slap these things on. We remind ourselves, this is the gospel of peace that I stand on. This is the belt of truth. It's the very belt of Christ that he will come in riding in with victory. This is the breastplate of righteousness protects my heart from anything that comes to steal my position as a son and a daughter away. Take time. Take time when we get dressed in the morning. Put off the old, put on the new, put on the full armor of God. Okay, verse 16. So it, it says, in all circumstances, above all, take up the shield of faith. And in, 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 in Paul's day, the Romans, they had a, a round shield that was one of them, but that was for hand-to-hand combat. Uh, That was when they were walking around as individuals or they were doing individual hand-to-hand combat. It was lighter, it was used, it could be used as defensive, it could also be used as an offensive weapon with his sword. And uh, there's so many awesome movies out there that you can can watch to see how they operated in. There's Troy and uh, there's 300, there's amazing movies like that you can go and actually see in the Roman day what they did. It was a smaller shield, but then they also, when they were together, as a, 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 a legion or a group or a, what we would call in South Africa a platoon. They, what they had is a, a shield that came just under their chin, just under their chin all the way down to their knee. But they used to use this shield, very big, probably as thick as the palm of my hand. It had, it's wood, it had wood on it. it uh, it's got leather on it. It's, it's got uh, bitumen on it. It's got steel over it. So it's pretty heavy, but um, nothing can penetrate it. And and here's the thing that I want to encourage us as a body. This is where the body stands together. What they used to do is they used to go with their shields, but they used to lock their shields in over one another. So every part of you with the flaming arrows that were coming towards them, uh, there were no gaps found. Friends, you and I as the body, we have to stand alongside one another so no gaps can be found. 
No gaps been found. Last week I spoke, I spoke about finding your fellowship or your community of faith that you know that this person is gonna stand with me when it counts. He's not gonna hightail it and run out there that I have to stand alone and that some part of me is gonna be exposed. Friends, this shield in the Roman time could only protect you from the front. But you know what they used to do? They used to withstand the enemy, but then together they used to move forward. They used to move forward. They used to move forward. So the, the shield of faith at that time was such an important, that's why, above all, put it up. And it says that, that this shield of us that we have quenches all the fiery darts of the enemy. It says all, not just some. All, but we have, to, we have to believe what the shield does for us. That word, it says there, extinguish all the flaming darts. Friends, it's not a little dart. I, I've played darts and I've had some, someone throw a dart in me. It's painful, but I can take it out. That word dart, in the original language, it gives us uh, a more, more, more of a description. It's, it's called a javelin or an arrow. Actually, the root word is balos, where you get ballistic missile from. A ballistic missile. Have you ever had that? Ballistic feels like ballistic missiles are coming to your mind. The lies of the enemy and the onslaught and the attack that comes. It says we have to pick up our shield of faith. It says it quenches all the fiery darts, javelins, ballistic missiles. It says and it's quenched. What it means? It means to be brought to nothing. You see, the the idea of, of the Roman shield is one that is in front of us. But if you look in the Psalms and through the Bible, it's, it's a, the biblical shield that we have is one that is all-encompassing and actually covers our back as well. If you can get that picture, knowing that you're walking out in the city, you're walking wherever you are with a shield of faith. Basically, you've got a force field around you and that's the shield of faith and you and I are activated by our agreement of what God has done in us and for us, and who we are as the sons and daughters of God. I am getting excited, and it says this, verse 17, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Let's talk about this helmet, friends. It's so important, and uh, we often talk about what renewing the mind looks like, but the, the helmet was a piece of armor that protected the Roman soldier against deadly blows to the head. What the helmet was to the Roman soldier, our salvation, our sozo is to the Christian soldier. There can be no victory unless the mind is protected with God's word. Yeah, Romans 8.6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And this is a spiritual armor. Yes, Christians, friends, we understand this and we know this and we know the teaching that the battlefield is in the area of our minds. And we, we know Romans 12 too. We, we must be careful to protect our minds from wrong thinking and to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, every thought must be brought captive to the obedience of Jesus. And that's what your helmet is for. And let's talk about the, the sword of the Spirit. And now we've spoken about five defensive uh, pieces of armor. And now we're going to speak about the sword of the Spirit, which is our offensive weapon. The other offensive weapon is praying in tongues, but we'll come to that. See, in battle, defense is a great asset to any warrior. If a warrior 
has only a good defense and no offense, he might protect himself from being harmed, but he's not easily going to win a battle. Yeah, the, this piece of the armor known as the sword of the spirit is the only piece of armor that has the ability to cut, to wound, and to hurt the enemy, the devil. See, the Greek word here, when it says sword of the spirit, this is the word of God, it's the word rhema. It literally means the spoken word specifically. A spoken word appropriate for your situation. Whatever situation you're going in, you find an appropriate word and you speak that rhema to your situation. Uh, you see, friends, it's not the Bible lying on the pulpit. It's not the Bible lying next to my bed or my coffee table that makes the enemy flee. It's the word of God hidden in your heart activated by the power of the Holy Spirit and spoken in an appropriate situation. It's similar to what Jesus said in John 6 verse 63. He says, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. See friends, these words that we speak come from the written word of God and empowered by the Holy Spirit become rhema in our declarations. See, the word, friends, um, by itself doesn't make us free. It is the word we abide in. It's the word we know. It's the word we speak that delivers us. And you're going to see that in John 31, 32. It's your word abide in me. So, friends, why is this word so effective? It's because, it's number one, it's the word of God. It has authority because, indeed, it comes from the very author himself. God's word supersedes all authority. All authority in the church, in reason, of intellect, the enemy, that's why it's so effective. You see, friends, but notice that it is the Holy Spirit that wields this word as it is spoken in faith. Sword of the Spirit, sword of the Spirit. He wields it as we speak in faith. Speaking God's word in faith brings the Holy Spirit into action in our lives. And you see that when Jesus walked in the, in, in the desert in temptation, what did he say? It is written. It is written. It is written. He didn't fall under the weight of what he saw or what he was under or the circumstance he found himself. It is written. And friends, yes, as Christian believers, as, as soldiers, we must avail ourselves to the word of God by placing it in our hearts so that the Holy Spirit may bring it forth at the appropriate time to accomplish a complete and total victory. Friends, keep on keeping on with the word of God. And coming to verse 18, it says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me that words may be given me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador. You and I ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Praying at all times. You see, friends, God doesn't finish with a six. He always likes to finish with a seven. And uh, I want to explain this, verse 18, in the original language, when it says praying at all times, that word all times or always means by the ways of, by the means of, by, through the inst instrument of, or the other word was through the channel of, through the means of praying in the Spirit, 
put on the full armor of God. So he, he kind of takes, a, takes a, the praying in the spirit as a ways and a means to bring ourselves into remembrance and a reminder of what we have in our armor. Uh, you see, friends, prayer is that form of absolute dependence and reliance upon God for his divine intervention. And we need divine intervention. Thank you for the prayers out there. If you want to be a part of this army, friends, let's get up and let's pray. It's about connection with the Father, hearing the Holy Spirit, and directing where he wants us to speak and declare and to bring change. You see, friends, in the Spirit means prayer directed by God's Spirit in accordance with God's will, and that does include tongues. This is in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit Praying directed by the Holy Spirit in in uh, accordance with with God's will. In Romans 8 verse 26, and go and read it, to 28, it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what we need to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows What is the mind of the Spirit? Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The Spirit intercedes for you and I according to the very will of God. And verse 28 says, We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. Friends, keep praying. Keep praying prayers of praise. Keep praying prayers of intercession, of thanksgiving, of, of agreement, and of dedication. You and I can no longer stay idle. We have to be sober-minded. We have to be vigilant. We have, to, we have to change some of our habits, friends, thinking that life is just going to carry on as normal. The body of Christ needs to stand. And you and I have been given everything that we need for life and godliness. And I shared that last week from Peter. You and I have been given everything we need for life and godliness. That we can escape the corruption of this world and we can participate in his divine nature. Friends, as you go away today, take the scripture. Work it through slowly with yourself and with your family. And go, let's do this together that we can be fully armed, fully prepared, and we can stand. Not only standing for on the defense of what the enemy is throwing at us. Yes, we stand, but we stand waiting for his instructions. As he searches our hearts and he searches the mind of God and he searches the mind of our spirit and he intercedes for you and I that we can walk according to the very will of God. Friends, put on the full armor of God, praying in the Holy Spirit that we can stand in these times. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you that my friends and I, my fellow brothers and sisters, us as the sons and daughters of God, the body of Christ, the army of Christ, the bride of Christ. We are fully armed and we are dangerous. I thank you, Father, for this reminder again today. Holy Spirit, take us to the place where we're working through with you daily 
as we break bread and we intimate and after we fellowship with you and after we've eaten with you and after we've had our time in your presence, we go to the chamber and we take our armor and we put it on. We put this belt of truth on. We put this breastplate of righteousness on. We put our shoes that are the foundation of the gospel of peace in our lives. We pick up our shield of faith that surrounds us completely. We take on our sword, the word of God, helmet of our salvation, and we pray it through. We pray it through, Lord God. We pray in tongues, we pray for others, and we pray and declare and get our instructions from you. Heavenly Father, let your body know that they're armed and dangerous and that they can stand. In Jesus' name, amen.